0: recruiting ish web three world-class podcast let's get it let's go the topics of discussion you cannot get from another opportunities in web three we got you covered meta intro been dope gotta thank you for the love and support that you give it. keep it coming we going up in jazz b's interviews with the making moves. Let's see. It's a brand new world of NFTs. Join in Recruiting-ish podcast. Yes, please. Join in Recruiting-ish podcast. Yes, please. Meta Intro does not give financial advice. Information provided by Meta Intro is intended to be used and must be used for informational purposes only. Always do your own research on the companies that you apply to and the opportunities that you invest in. Well, Nathan, welcome to the podcast, man. Really appreciate you jumping on. Um, Nathan and I connected. He actually shot me a DM. We had an open spot and he sent me a note saying that he was interested. When I saw his background, definitely wanted to get him on the podcast. I'm really excited to jump into his background. But Nathan, welcome to the podcast.
1: Hey, Alex. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I'm Nathan Galindo. I'm a student at Bailey University uh, studying business, but I do a lot of software Kind of on the side and uh currently i'm just working as a solana ambassador uh with their university relations team and trying to make my own in this blockchain industry by uh starting a company called bliss which you know tries to use blockchain to solve a lot of issues with international payments
0: gotcha well we always like to hear kind of the origin stories of how you got to crypto kind of broadly web3 what was your you know, kind of indoctrination moment where you were going down the rabbit hole within crypto?
1: So around my sophomore year it's kind of when this whole crypto thing really started taking off and you had the Dogecoin moonshot culture, you know, just kind of like dominate the new cycle. Around that same time, I started working for a boutique edge fund in Houston, Texas called the Philosophy Group. And as part of my experience there, I just was kind of surrounded by these conversations as to like, what are some interesting projects within the blockchain space at a fundamental level, right? The hype side. And so uh, the founder of the hedge fund, his name is JP, a really awesome guy. He started talking to me about this project called Render Token, which recently actually migrated to Solana. And so I started looking into Render myself and realized that there are a lot of really interesting use cases and business models that you can't really achieve outside of blockchain technology. And uh, at the same time, I started teaching myself software development, and I just thought, wouldn't it be cool to learn how to actually build on this technology? And that was kind of uh, the beginning of everything for me, basically. Ever since then, I've been pretty much hooked.
0: That's awesome. And then when you were you know, looking for resources, I think even myself, it's, it's hard finding like trustworthy resources, you know, not super expensive ones, you know, ones that can guide you well, where did you find, you know, some of these tools, uh, you know, or educational pieces to kind of get you ramped up with some more of those like technical components to, you know, blockchains like Solana.
1: That's okay. That's a really good question because going into blockchain, I, I mean, I didn't know anything about anything, right? I mean, I know that Dogecoin was a thing and Elon Musk likes it, maybe, right? So I I first wanted to kind of approach it from like a fundamentals level. I knew that there are multiple chains, right? And each chain has kind of like a unique tech stack. And so the skills and knowledge required to build on any one of them would be different. So the question is, which one? Um, So I kind of just thought to myself, if I were to build a product, a business on these Development platforms, essentially, which one would allow me to scale? And so I did my research. And after my research, the natural conclusion was Solana. And so the next step was finding the resources to learn to build on Solana, which at the time was pretty impossible. I mean, these days, there are actually a lot of really good resources for building on Solana, but it was honestly just a lot of shooting people messages over Twitter that build on Solana and say, Hey, what did you use or what do you recommend? And honestly, for a good chunk of my time at the beginning, I actually wasn't learning about Solana architecture specifically. I was just learning like Rust, like just reading the Rust book, right? What, you know, how do you use the Rust programming language? What are lifetimes? What are references? Um, And then after Rust, I kind of taught myself, read up on some documentation. How does Solana architecture work? You know, what is the accounts model? Uh, And so on and so on. And just kind of like incrementally building off, like, you know, just kind of like building on top of my like knowledge basically until I had like a kind of holistic understanding of, you know, what is Solana and how do I build something on it? I hope that makes sense.
0: Yeah, no, it does. I think... I mean, everybody I talk to is trying to learn technical stuff. That's what they say, right? Which is like, there's not an exact science. Uh, you got to go through a lot of trial and error. Um, and I think, you know, again, that that gives you some of that grit and kind of grind that comes with, you know, building your own company, um, you know, like Vliss and and kind of what you build into that from like a, a work perspective, a day-to-day perspective. Um, but I'm curious as far as like what I hear in the the different, you know, L1, L2 kind of side of things is... There's like a winner-take-all mentality, right? Which is like Solana is going to win, ETH is going to win, whoever else is going to win. And then there's kind of the, you know, I guess you call it credit card style, like MasterCard, Amex, Visa. There'll be all these different things, interoperability. When you were looking at Solana, was that a component? Or was it, you know, like you said, it was the obvious choice. Why was that to you?
1: Okay, this is a good question again. I feel like it's nuanced. I, I feel like this whole winner-take-all mentality is... It's it's it never works. I mean, even with the advent of like Gen AI, there's it's the same conversation. You know, is there going to be like one big, you know, mothership Gen AI, or is there going to be a ton of like smaller, or specialized Gen AIs that we kind of like use during da, our day to day? Da. And I feel like I personally subscribe to the latter. I feel like a lot of the people that I listen to and respect also subscribe to the latter. I feel like the, the same with blockchain or basically anything else, right? Like not everybody uses the same computer, right? Uh, You know, some use Macs, some use computers of different architectures. What I do think, though, this is my personal opinion, is that there are some technologies that are, I guess, more optimized or suitable for these decentralized systems. Like, I think the Rust programming language is perfect for blockchain. I don't think there's like another programming language that can really you know, perform as well as Rust does for its use case. I don't mean to be taking shots at Solidity because I know that's like the other big one. But um, I'm a big fan of Rust. I think in the long term as we continue to iterate and explore blockchain that more and more decentralized solutions will also discover that, you know, Rust is just an incredible programming language uh, that's, you know, worth exploring. For sure.
0: No, I I definitely think you know, no hate on solidity, but each one has their own pros and cons, right? I, I feel like the recommendations I've heard and what we kind of tell people is like, hey, do one, do the other, do both. Like it, it doesn't hurt just to get exposure. And like you've done research into it, right? Like it may be good for your project. It may not be like be open-minded, but it sounds like, I mean, you know, you dove into Solana, you kind of made the decision how did you get connected with them um, in terms of you know kind of becoming an ambassador and then as an ambassador, what does that kind of look like like what what are some of the kind of you know roles and responsibilities that you're tasked with uh, as that uh, that ambassador?
1: So like I said, I all kind of started this exploration during my sophomore year. going into my junior year of university, I realized that there wasn't like any space at Baylor where I could kind of, Explore this technology with other students, and so I decided, why not make my own? And so a few students and I got together and we started a club called the Blockchain Collaborative. And um, at that time, this summer going into junior year, I started reaching out to people at the Sloan Foundation, just asking them, like, "Hey, I want to start a club. You know, I'm going to be responsible for teaching other students how to build on blockchain." obviously I only know how to build a Solana, so I'm gonna teach them how to build a Solana. And are there any resources or tidbits or this and that and the other that you can give me as I kind of do this?" And they said, you know, hey, that's awesome, we'd love to help you. As a matter of fact, we're launching a program called Solana U, Solana University. Uh, it's like, it's a brand new essentially this year. And uh, we'd love to stay in touch and to just like help you throughout the process of launching this club, and you know, teaching your students. And uh, as we kind of went through the motions of that and as I continued to build in this space and collaborate them, they eventually just extended me the opportunity to join the Solana team as an ambassador where I can like actually work with the Solana Foundation to make Solana University the most student inclusive. And I think honestly, just like the best environment for students and blockchain and like the whole blockchain industry. And uh, it's been a really good experience thus far.
0: That's cool. No, I, I've I've heard of, you know, a few other blockchains and and other projects within the crypto ecosystem using the ambassador model. Because like you said, there's a lot of people that are interested in the space, users of the product. Um, and for you, like you mentioned, it's a good way for you to both learn yourself, share with others. And I think... You know, again, starting up blockchain clubs. Um, I've I've partnered with uh, one in Georgia Tech. I mean, there's obviously like the Berkeley Club. There's you know some other ones throughout the nation where like there's just a ton of incubation going on. And I think, you know, for you yourself, it sounds like you know in that environment you were able to kind of generate the idea of lists and kind of the project. Walk me through like zero to one where did it come from you know where's it at what what are you doing um you know for less
1: so yeah awesome uh at bailey university they like to host these you know business school get-togethers networking events where they invite you know leaders from all sorts of companies and you know you get to network with the students essentially and so um at the beginning of my junior year i went to one of these and i got to make a good connection with Bob Case, who formerly was the Senior Vice President of Global Operations at Dell Technologies. He's recently retired. So congratulations to him. He served his time. Um, but Bob Case was essentially head of Dell's Financial Services Department, right? So he oversaw basically all of their invoicing, which, I mean, Dell processes, what, like a $100 billion annually. And so he was telling me about all these problems with invoicing and the dispute rates and this and that and the other. And uh, he knew that I had a background in blockchain technology. And so he just asked me if I could give him and some, uh, the leadership team in the CFO office at Dell consultation services about what blockchain is, what smart contracts are, and how they can apply to invoices. And that was kind of the beginning, again, of everything for my journey into, you know, what is invoicing and then how does it work and what are its issues at scale? Right? Because Dell is Dell and, uh, and how can blockchain be used to actually, uh, solve a lot of these issues. And so, um, that was kind of the beginning of that ball. Over the course of my junior year, I actually got involved with a new professor at Bailey university named Dr. Sophia Zeng, who specializes in blockchain technology. And uh, we ended up doing some academic research on blockchain applied to invoicing and enterprise use cases. Recently, we were invited to visit the University of Miami and present on our research. And um, kind of semi-recently, before the beginning of the summer, I got with some other students, and I thought, "Hey, from all that I've researched and from all that I've talked about this, you know, problem, I do believe that blockchain is a viable solution." And there's no reason why we can't build something, you know, here and now. And so that's exactly what we did. We started a company called Bliss. You can search us up on bliss.com even right now. And we're currently building our MVP. uh, Just trying to, you know, I guess, figure out our defensible wedge. Um, But that's kind of like the long story short of Bliss, how it started and why we're doing what we're doing. That's awesome, man. I
0: mean, props to you. And I think, I mean... Dang, super cool, right? I mean, to be in college, you know, kind of at the start of your career, but getting into the door with the top people. I mean, like you said, I mean, that's awesome. You got, you know, connections, getting into these places, building the relationships. They're able to, you know, kind of help leverage that to help you build your company. And then as well, to have, you know, people you trust from the community helping to build that is super cool. And I think, you know, something I've been following and interested in like during this kind of you know, building the bear market or whatever you want to call it is, you know, last, the last cycle was like investments, making money, DeFi, yield. I feel like this bull market or, you know, what we're building now is like the tools that we'll actually use and again, solve like real world problems. So again, for you to be working on something that, you know, invoicing, I don't, I don't know a ton about, but I know it is a pain in the ass and it's very manual things get lost, like you said, there's fraud and chargebacks and stuff like that. So definitely blockchain as a, a use case, you know, for that I, I think is super cool. Um, I'm curious about, you know, in, in the, you know, running your own company side, um, you know, being a CEO, doing a lot of different things, wearing a lot of hats, how do you balance that with being in college? I know you've also got a, an internship currently, Sounds like you know the Solana ambassador thing is taking up some time. How are you juggling
1: all of these things? A little sleep and a lot of scheduling, just like anything else. And I don't do caffeine, by the way. I'm in a coffee shop, I don't do caffeine. No caffeine. Not no even caffeine. Green, not even green tea. Not even green oh, tea. Oh, man. So, What's,
0: okay, then I really got to know what the secret is because I would lose my mind.
1: <laughs> I feel, I'm still trying to figure it out myself at the time, but honestly, I, I think it's just, at the end of the day, You know, there's limited time in the day, but for most things, there's enough time in the day, to my experience, right? So I wake up early, you know, crank out some code for Blitz, go to work, or I guess my internship at Tyson, do my internship at Tyson, get home, hit the gym, right? Because you're all pent up from sitting at a desk for eight hours. And then uh, maybe have a quick meeting with the Blitz team, crank out some more code and um write some notes some thoughts do some research on invoicing on bliss on what we're doing right what we're doing wrong and then go to sleep wake up do it all over again i think it's about like in my experience creating patterns right and creating a schedule because what i used to struggle with a lot i mean even apart from like bliss or soccer development is i would say i want to do this right i want to go to the gym, you know and get fit or whatever and i'd you know schedule out one day and it would go perfect i'd get exactly you know, i'd get everything done the way it needed to get done and then the next day i dropped the ball right or the next week i dropped the ball and then you don't really it doesn't really lead to anywhere but if you can just like block out time throughout your day every day incrementally over time you know you see change things happen and so um that's kind of i think i think that's my secret sauce
0: I'd have to agree i think the the two things that i've seen god i i would i got to figure out who said them so i can quote them but um it's like success is like the up and down like it shows what people think success is and it's just the straight line but it's really like great day fucking horrible day great day two more horrible days like it's it's not just you know a steady progression um, and then the other concept that i think i've talked to a lot of founders on that they've said was like hey there's balance to it but it's not balance in the fact of it's always equal, right? Like people hear work-life balance and they think it has to be exactly this one week over one week, year over year. Sometimes it's 70 hour weeks. Other times it's 10 hour weeks, right? Like it's, it's, it's not always the same. Like do you find yourself struggling with that sometimes as far as like burnout or just kind of like mental health? Um, again, without caffeine, I, I I got a feeling like there might be some of that, but Um, you know, is that something that you maybe ran into during your your time
1: as a founder? You know what, not yet. I feel like, honestly, exercise and physical activity is just a great, great release for me, right? And I mean, it's like I said, you know, you work all day, you're a little pent up, you go to the gym, you let it all out, right? And now you're tired and everything that you were frustrated about, you kind of forgot because you can't even think anymore, you're you're so exhausted. Um, Also, my experience building with the team uh, I have at Vliss has been really enjoyable. I mean, really, because we're all friends from Baylor. You know, it's it's talented software developers um, who enjoy this company and make each other laugh. So, um, my experience thus far has been, um, you know, pretty enjoyable for as busy as chaotic as it as it gets sometimes. Definitely,
0: and and for the team perspective. You know, it sounds like you got a core group, MVP's coming out. Are are you guys raising and planning to grow? Or, you know, what's kind of your ideal, you know, roadmap or runway look like over the next, you know, maybe you know, one to five years?
1: So currently we're not we're we're only interested in non dilutive funding, uh, mostly because I think we're uniquely uniquely positioned as university students with a lot of opportunities forward Funding for you know student-led startups that you know don't require us to give percentages of our company away. I, I think that's you know an opportunity that is fleeting and that we should take advantage of while it's still available to us, right? Because you can't be in college forever. Um, well, I mean, you know, you could, you could, <laughs> you could. Uh, not, not. I don't think it's our goal, but, but yeah, I hope that answers your question.
0: Yeah, no, it's I'm I'm always curious because I I hear. Different things, right? Like some founders build their company and they want to shoot to the quickest valuation they can. They want to partner with, you know, the big names, you know, the A16s, the Panteras, you know, whoever they want to go public and then eventually exit. Like it's, it, it's, you know, a growth and sometimes a, a money component, which I, I think is why, you know, we do anything these days. But I like your approach, which is, you know, building something that's valuable, that has that use case, building it with a core group of people and not growing too fast. Cause like you mentioned, you know, if you dilute yourself, you dilute the team, you get to a point where you're like, what's, what's in it for me. But I'm always curious. Cause I, you know, before getting into crypto and talking to founders, I knew nothing about how to fund a business, you know, how to fund your startup, you know, where did you learn about that? Did you have a mentor? Like, how did you really get familiar around How to protect yourself in that scenario as a founder from, you know, some of the the shadiness or, you know, bad deals that come in the VC space or just founder space.
1: Um, Honestly, it's kind of a mixture of things. I mean, like my own research, I do a lot of reading and, um, you know, I've just kind of like picked up these general do's and don'ts, you know, from the books that I read, from the articles that I read. Uh, Solana actually recently launched an accelerator program uh, that I'm a part of. Uh, we're part of the four, first cohort of that program. And they have some really awesome mentors uh, that kind of guide you and show you the ropes of, you know, what does it mean to launch a startup, especially in tech, especially in blockchain, you know? And uh, when it comes to securing funding, right, what, what are the dos and don'ts? You know, what do you look out for, right? Because money isn't always good money, right? I remember um, I, I used to watch that show Silicon Valley. And, you know, there's this company that got all of this investor money and they're, you know, kicking it and throwing parties and they're the cool guys. Um, but their you know, growth rate expectations were absolutely unreasonable. They got burned out and eventually they lost everything. Right. So there's a right way to do things and a wrong way to do things. We're kind of learning as we go, but I, I think the people who are teaching us are trustworthy and, um, you know. Are, are reliable and so, and so we're really grateful to be part of that accelerator program. And shout out to Donnie from Solana as well. If Thank you ever watch this?
0: Donnie, appreciate it. We'll we'll, we'll uh, make sure this hopefully gets his way. Um, and as well, I mean, I think it's, you know, with with you taking that approach, I think it's definitely smart, right? Like I, I think you, like you said, you've got some opportunity that you know, if you weren't a college student, may not be available. And like you said, it's limited, it's fleeting, it's competitive. So if you can get much as that as possible to help propel you into the next kind of wave. I, I think that's a great approach, but I am curious cause I, I feel like the new, or I don't know if it's new. I mean, this was definitely when I was, you know, deciding, you know, is it college, is it start my own company? Is it go work for someone else? I feel like your generation and, and really people in, in your kind of graduating class are either like, I'm going to go totally out on my own, never go to college, or I'm going to go to college. You're kind of in between, like, how did you decide? I am going to go to college. It sounds like you're planning on continuing and graduating, which I, I think is smart. But also, you're you're doing your startup and founded that and doing an internship for a corporate company. Like, why do all three? Why not just pick one?
1: You know, there's so many answers to that question. So I'm a first generation American. My entire family from both sides, they're from Mexico, right? And uh, growing up, we didn't have a lot. So not going to college was not an option. You know what I mean? My mom would have hunted me down and put my head as a trophy on the wall to show my siblings, you know, exactly what not to do. So, um, you know, I was lucky enough that, you know, Baylor uh, extended me a full ride. You know, it's a nice school, close to home in Texas. So that's kind of the opportunity that I took. I felt like there was almost no downsides to that. Um, And so far, my experience has been amazing. I've been able to network with a lot of awesome students and professionals like Bob Case, previously mentioned that have now encouraged me or given me the resources to actually pursue the opportunities I'm pursuing now. Right. And so I feel like I've just been wanting to kind of dip my hand in everything. Right. So I'm at university. I get what that's like. I wanted to experience what a big corporate culture is like. So I went to Tyson Foods and I'm currently working on some blockchain solutions with them, with their emerging technologies team. Um and at the same time, you know, I have my own ideas and I kind of want to make my own mark in this world. Let's start lists Right. And it kind of goes back to what we talked about previously, the day as limited hours, but you know, for most things, enough hours. And if you're willing to kind of like make sacrifices, wake up early and uh, get done what you need to get done.
0: I, I think that's a great point. I like the almost like we call it like the goldilocks approach right you try a little bit of this a little bit of that this too cold this too hot like you kind of find right what's in the middle um and i think that's the piece that is is important for anybody that's listening you know you can sometimes do it all or some people just want to focus on one like there's no right answer it's all based on you and like you know you said nathan there's success in each one right like you might at the end of this go to board college you may go the corporate route you may you know have this, this, you know, startup in bliss. That's gonna it sounds like blossom very quickly. So get ready for that, that uh, rocket shit to happen. But you know, as, as you look to, as all these things are kind of, you know, building and growing together, are you leaning to one versus the other, or you're, you're just still trying, trying everything you can for right now?
1: You know, oh, you're putting me on the spot because I had I to. Am, I had to. I, you're putting me on the spot because I am still working for Tyson. My experience with Tyson has been incredible. The emerging technology seems awesome. I think that, you know, the Tyson supply chain is critical infrastructure that provides millions of families with affordable food, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, people, they have to eat, they have to, you know, walk into the grocery store and, uh, you know, have access to these products, right, to feed their families. I, I, I I consider myself very privileged to, you know, be building with them a blockchain solution that you know, solves all of the pitfalls in their supply chain. But I think, I think that I, I'm not sure if I want to work for a big company yet. Yes. Right. Or when I start my, when I launch my professional career following university, I, I, I think I want to kind of put my nose to the floor and just, you know, grind something out as a startup or with a startup, you know, whatever that looks like. Um, again, I'm still kind of learning as I go. And yeah. You know, we'll see. We'll see where like takes me, I guess.
0: Well, we, we won't hold you to anything. I mean, this is we're not signing the contract. You don't have to pick now. It's not like draft day, but we will I'm gonna stay connected to you and, and kind of follow up and, and hear the story. Um and I think I think you got a, a good approach, just from my opinion, right? Like there's always you know, whether it's, you know, Tyson, whether it's another company, they're going to be there, right? Like you can always come back and the experience and skills you'll learn from the startup side by far outweighs what you could learn, you know, in a, a longer time with some of those corporate companies. Um, and I guess to, to kind of wrap, you know, the episode, we always, you know, have the, the guests give the last word either you know, talking about, you know, VLIS and, and kind of what you're up to, you know, maybe teasing anything if you want to from the MVP or growth or anything like that. Um, Blockchain clubs, Solana ambassadorship, like, you know, tips or tricks, anything like that. You know, what what do you want to leave kind of the listeners or the audience with um, as they think about, you know, you, Nathan, and uh, your, your current endeavors?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, if you ever want to reach out to me or find me, uh, you, I'm on LinkedIn, right? That's how I got connected with Alex. You could just Google Nathan Galindo and it's the handsome face in the pink polo. Uh, you can't miss it. You can also reach out to me on telegram at Nathan Zebedee, Z-E-B-E-D-E-E which was supposed to be my first name, by the way. Thank God it's not. About Vliss. Um, I mean, look, small to medium size enterprises make up 90% of businesses worldwide. You know, international payments are expected to hit $45 by 2023. And international invoicing is an incredibly convoluted, complicated, and slow process. Louis believes that blockchain can do a lot to solve a lot of these issues. And we're currently exploring that and building that uh, into our MVP that we plan to launch later this year. So if you're interested in following along with our progress and staying in touch, you can go to list.com, dot com v l y s s dot com and uh, you know sign up for our early registration or again reach out to me personally. I'd love to chat uh, with any anyone that comes my way.
0: That's awesome, man. Well, we'll include the links to all that info in the show notes and description, so everybody knows exactly where to find you. Hopefully, you get a, a lot of reach out in terms of you know people interested in the product. I know, like you said, that's it's a big market out there. So if, if you got a need for that, definitely hit up Nathan and the VLIST team. Um, to the listeners of the episode, you can check out all of our podcasts on all major podcast platforms, videos posted on YouTube. We record every Tuesday. And again, always want to share some awesome stories like Nathan's with uh, with the Recruiting ish crew. But we'll see you on the next episode of Recruiting Ish next Tuesday. Mm-hmm.